Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, and MeWe. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. Which one found the tape? Which one? Uh, well, uh, we found the tape found, when we were I online. I found the tape when um, we were doing a routine exercise to find more potential projects for our company. This could be our next movie. Those two cameras right here. We think he did kill somebody. We have found two people willing to go on camera. Adam and I are going to look for this guy. I love you guys, but you're not investigators. The next logical step is for us to investigate murder. It's our account. Our shoot is officially happening. The first thing I see is I mentioned Stacy. Can we find an IP address that will link us to the city? It's not as easy as you think. There's a lot of work. And it's from the internet. Yes, this is the guy. Rasklat. He goes by David Stoner. First of all, have you been to cops? Yes. Well, what did they tell you? They said that, it, that we didn't really have anything. Well, you don't. Let's keep rolling. No matter what, keep rolling. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, sir, 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 sir. Cut it, cut it. Sir. Yeah! Right here, there's a crazy amount of semen. I mean, you told us to lay low. We're laying low. Good. Now people might think you're uh, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Perfect. All right, guys, enjoy the festival. Yeah. Take care. What if I don't find him? If the job was to not find him, we, 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 could, we, we could do that. that. <laughs> you know, we need to find somebody that can actually find him. Find him. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 362. Releasing August 6th on video on demand and digital is Faking a Murderer, a mockumentary that follows a pair of filmmakers who, in their quest to track down a suspected murderer, find themselves over their heads while towing that fine line between reality and insanity. A thrilling, funny, and compelling commentary on the true crime phenomenon and the lengths filmmakers will go to to make their movie. Faking a Murderer is also the latest film from Canadian filmmakers Stu Stone and Adam Rodness, who I'm glad to say join me now on the podcast. Adam and Stu, I thank you both very much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having us. I'm, I'm happy you got it right as Adam and Stu. That's how we like <laughs> to be introduced. Nah. All right. So we'll just continue with that theme right there. Let's go over the first question over to you, Adam. Um, so I mentioned about the whole kind of true crime kind of aspect of this whole kind of uh, uh, this thing in, in your in your movie. And it's really incredible how popular that kind of subgenre has become over like the last four or five years, especially I think we've had women streaming has become like really popular as well. That kind of whole aspect of the whole kind of true crime one, delving into that world, what was the decision made to do that with this project? Are you both fans of that kind of genre? And was it kind of like fun in a sort of way to, you didn't, it's of course not necessarily made up pure kind of true crime story, but it is a true crime story in a sort of way. It was a fun kind of diving into that kind of world. Yeah. I mean, you know, absolutely. We're, we're fans of the true crime genre. That's how this whole thing was born. And, you know, we would watch shows and, and movies like the jinx, uh, the Staircase, Making a Murderer, uh, Evil Genius. And we were so captivated by what 
we were seeing on screen that like we're like this has to be produced like this has to be written like it's so good and so intriguing uh and we're so invested in the stories that like someone had to have you know created this from scratch um and then that's where the the idea kind of was born was you know let's put our own spin uh on the genre and create a true crime phenomenon of our own um you know by using five actors and uh then going into the public and using the general public as you know different ways to push the narrative forward um so it was a very like hybrid type of thing spin on the true crime genre that hasn't been done uh in this level and uh and so that's where it all came together but fans of the genre absolutely you know we watched it together we watched it apart and we were just so intrigued and just kind of wanted to get our own taste of uh what it would be like to have a show like this of our own also just to uh, follow up on that you know we had just finished shooting a documentary called jack of all trades mm -hmm. and we had already done these horror movies before and you know we were so well-tuned and well-oiled and shooting a documentary we thought you know this would be a perfect opportunity for us to take a stab at this uh, genre uh, you know in that shooting style and we thought maybe we could pull the wool over everybody's eyes and uh, i think we did we we actually we actually did Stu, the other aspect of the film is a whole kind of mockumentary thing and the interesting thing about that genre of film that style of film is that usually the people involved with it know that they're making a mockumentary but in this case you know adam you said you had like five actors working in the film but i think like overall there's like 50 odd people working on this movie and Stu, only five of those 50 knew that you guys were making like a fictional story everyone else thought that you two were actually looking for an actual murderer um that whole aspect the whole kind of unreal true crime story aspect where did that kind of come into play that you guys were going to kind of i would say kind of andy kaufman it and kind of go that kind of uh down that kind of road well i mean that hybrid style was something that uh adam and i have like played in that universe before um i used to work with jamie kennedy and we had a show where we were trying to become rappers this is about you know many years ago on mtv and we sort mm -hmm. of did style of hybrid and, uh, you know, we're such huge fans of that style anyway. You know, you see the success of films like Borat, where, you know, Borat is, you know, he uses real people to sort of drive the plot along in his first movie there, right? Um, obviously, the difference between Borat is he's doing a character and Adam and I are not. We're grounded in reality. You know, we're kind of playing ourselves. So it was a lot easier for us to sort of engage people <laughs> in a way where they thought it was real. Um, but yeah, I mean, we love we love the whole aspect of, you know, messing with people. Did you ever see that show, The Push? No, I haven't. No. Oh, that's that's a really good one, too. But, uh, you know, this style has been getting more popular over the last decade, I'd say. And uh, like I said, we were already shooting a documentary. So we were already sort of in that headspace of shooting a movie that way. Uh, you know, and the opportunity presented itself for us to sort of jump on this and do it and we, we jumped at it we, mm. we we love we love this uh we love this this sort of inter-genre i guess it's a sub-genre of mockumentary when it's like a mockumentary where you're like messing with people right exactly right and, and and adam what's really interesting about it is that you know as i'm watching the film and afterwards i'm kind of you know researching and listening to it as much as i can about the making of this film in various interviews both you and Stu have done i'm trying to figure out what's real and what isn't 
Um, so I just want to try to clarify at least at least a few different kind of scenes in the films that hopefully won't go into too much in the spoiler territory. But there's there's a few times at the start of the film where you are pitching, you and Stu are pitching your idea to both your family and also yep. to distributor of the film as well. Those pitches, mm-hmm. just gets, just looking at the reactions from the people in the room, are they real? Hundred percent. Everything. I, 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 Everything that you saw was 100% authentically real. In fact, the plans that we always had was to go in to these scenes. You know, the the cameras would be rolling already, Hmm. um, but we wouldn't tell anybody that the cameras were rolling at that time. We we would have different code names um, to, you know, start rolling and to cut and, you know, to do types of different things with our crew. Um, but essentially, you know, we told everyone that we were just going to, you know, our, for our family, we're like, yeah, we just want to practice our pitch first. Um, the camera guys will start to, you know, figure out their angles and then we'll let you guys know what we're doing. And then from there we'll do the real pitch. And after we did the pitch, which is the one that you see in the movie, like, that's it. That was the one and only take. We actually can only do one and only take with all these scenes, that are involving real people, whether it's our family, whether it's the distributor, um, whether it's going to the Toronto Film Festival, whether it's meeting the private investigator, Brian, um, those are all that stuff, the cops ride along, like that is all one glorious take of Stu and I, you know, just selling and using like kind of like mentalist tricks to get these people to tell us what we want to hear to help you know, create our actual story arc. So that, that, that was an incredible, you know, experience. And, and again, like everything is improv on that angle as well. Like there's, you know, there's no written dialogue that we, we came up with. We had a scene to do, whether it was with a real people, real person or even an actor, and we would improv those scenes and we would, you know, it was, it was very incredible. It was, it was a great, great way to, to make a film. So Stu, just, Jumping or continuing on that, with no script per se in the movie, and most of it being improv. I mean, this is a movie from what I read, 15 day shoot. It's an independent film, so budgets are tight. You got, you know, your idea, you know where you want to go, but without other people in on on what was happening, how do you kind of shape it as you kind of go along? How do you kind of get people? Because if no one's really into it and you're relying on their natural reactions, how do you make sure that they want to react the way you want to react? Yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. That was the danger of swimming in this water to begin with. Um, But, uh, you know, we had sort of made this roadmap, Adam and I, of, you know, almost like a choose-your-own-adventure. What if they do this? Then we do that. What if they pick this? We do that. And we got lucky that, you know, most people – well, we actually had nobody that questioned it. (laughs) Everybody that we encountered, like, totally bought it, which is extremely lucky. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think like specifically there were instances where what we had planned went a different way. Uh, one of those would be with our assistant, Michaela, who we had, she in real life, like went and looked in the body, that the trunk of that car to go look for a body, right? Mm. Like that was completely, she was, she was so brave. She actually did that. Now, when we went into the house, she took off. If she didn't take off and she went in the house with us, she would be in the rest of the movie. Like that was our plan was to keep bringing her along for the ride. Right. And she got off the ride early. 
but uh, we managed just to keep it going. Right. Um, we also, you know, you shoot, you kind of just keep shooting until you get what you, you know, either we run out of time with somebody or you shoot until Adam and I are both sort of looking at, give each other the sort of look that we got it, you know, uh, you know, when we're shooting with a private detective, uh, you know, we'll shoot for, and you know, that scene is only three minutes in the movie, but we shot with him for an hour and a half. Mm. So you're, you're shooting with people as long as you possibly can to get what you need out of it. Um, I don't know what other way, another way to sort of explain it, but, you know, we had this premise that people wanted to believe was real and why would they think we were lying? I mean, they thought we didn't give them a reason to think we were lying. The only, the only thing we gave them to think is like, Adam and I are idiots, which that's also kind of true. So, you know, we got, we got pretty, we got pretty, we got pretty lucky with the people we encountered. We never had one instance where somebody was like, no, nah, this is bullshit. Um, which is, I mean, cops and stuff said, no, nah, this guy's a drunk, but they didn't say this is fake. Nobody mm. did. Um, so it was really, really, really cool. And, and the other thing is, you know, you saw an 85 minute film. We shot over a hundred hours. Right. So, you know, you saw 2% of what we shot actually made it into the movie. There's, we could edit a whole other movie with a whole other plot with what we shot. Um, so, yeah, the edit was, was really where it all came together. From the sound of it, Stu, it kind of reminds me, and this might be a weird analogy, kind of reminds me of professional wrestling in that. Oh, my God. I love that you just said that because that's exactly what this is. This well, is you, professional wrestling. Well, you know what I mean, right? Because yeah. the, in professional wrestling, everyone knows that the, the narrative, the motivations behind it is is scripted, but the hits are real. People are getting injured in the I ring. Heard, so I, it's kind of kind of reminds me of that, right? Like, that's literally, you're the first person to say that. And it's like, that's it. You nailed it. Like, Adam and I are both diehard wrestling fans. Me too. And uh I also used to work for Chris Angel, the magician. So it's like wrestling and magic are very much in the same sort of family in the sense that like you watch wrestling and you're like, well, this isn't real, but that, that was real. That, yeah. that was real. You know, that's magic isn't real, but he really must've done something there. Um, that's exactly <laughs> what our whole, that, that you nailed it. It's about selling the illusion, right? Exactly. The whole illusion is that this is real, even though it isn't. So, you know, instead of, you know, the wrestlers go in the back, they know this is what they want to do and tell what story they want to tell in the match. But if the crowd starts shitting on the match, they have to know how to go the other way with it. Right. Look at like the Rock and Hulk Hogan. You know, it's like sometimes the match doesn't go the way that you have it planned, but you still have to do the match. And that's that's exactly what Adam and I had to do. We had to work the match no matter what the crowd was doing. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by 80s Tees. 80s Tees is an online retailer of licensed t-shirts and pop culture gear from your favorite movies, TV shows, cartoons, video games, comic books, and musicians. Celebrate your inner 80s nerd and click on the link in the show notes below to get the raddest retro t-shirts delivered to your door. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Loot Crate. Founded in 2012, Loot Crate is the worldwide leader in fan subscription boxes. Loot Crate partners with industry leaders in entertainment, gaming, sports, and pop culture to deliver monthly themed crates, produce interactive experiences in digital content, and film original video productions. No matter what you geek out about, 
Loot Crate has a subscription box for you. To get your very own exclusive collectibles, apparel and gear delivered to your door, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is also brought to you by Voodoo. Watch the latest movies and TV shows anytime, anywhere. No subscriptions, no contract. Enjoy stunning quality in up to 4K ultra high definition at home and download and watch on your mobile device as well. To rent and buy from over 100,000 titles or watch thousands of movies free with Voodoo Movies on us, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. Now, back to the show. Adam, what's interesting about this whole kind of experience for both you and Stu is that so you're both wearing a lot of hats. You're filmmakers and you're performers as well. You're, you're basically like playing versions of yourselves on the screen. We have so many little people knowing what is happening, what you guys are doing, and you're filming 15 hours. I'm sure it is long days, long nights. How do you kind of keep both of yourselves honest? Who do you have to kind of give yourself feedback throughout the film in case, you know, you need to have feedback in regards to performance or to something else? Or is it a case of film as much stuff as we can and we're going to go through those hundreds of hours of, of film and we, we're going to find a movie in there? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I think, you know, the only reason that this movie worked um, in my opinion, is because of the, the relationship that Stu and I have had for the past 15, 20 years, you know, we've, we know each other inside out and we trust each other that the bickering that you see, <laughs> a lot of that is very, very, very real. But at the same time, we both respect each other and, in, 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 you know, and what is good content. And we could trust that, you know, if something, if a take is not working or there's a solution that needs to be made, then, you know, we trust that if we're, we're getting passionate about it, that it's because that we care. So the, the way that this really worked is just for us to trust each other. Um, and I don't think there'd be another way to even produce something like this where you don't have a physical script, you don't have, you know, a traditional set and crew, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's a one of a kind. So, um, it's tough, but, you know, I would say just, you know, the, 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 all the prep we did over the past 15, 20 years is what was able to actually get us to this. So if I was having a bad time with something or I couldn't figure something out or, you know, we had to work it through, then I would, you know, trust you. And, you know, he's, he made it, uh, he made it a lot clearer, clearer than, than, than I was making it up to be sometimes. So we, mm. we make up for our, our pros and cons. So, you know, we also have, we also have like a you know a trusted sort of you know our first AD or some you know there's people that have been on our team that have worked with us on our other films and are you know sort of know what we're going for as well. And by the time you're like shooting for two or three days, even your camera, you know, our, our DPs, like they you you kind of start sort of trust your team and build a team together because like you said, you know, Adam and I are wearing where we're in front of the camera we can't see what's going on behind the camera while we're in front of the camera so you really have to have a team that you trust that that sort of has the same sort of instincts and intuitions that you have and you know if they give you the iggy that they're that they like it you know that you got something of the people in the film the actors in the film i want to talk about two specifically one is josh crudders who is 
quickly becoming one of my favourite actors to watch on screen. He really is. The other is Tony Napo. And what he does in this movie is just incredible because he, like, you two are pretty much kind of like chasing the white whale and Tony Napo is that white whale. Granted, white trash white whale, but he's the white whale that you guys are after. And he's just so fantastic in this movie. And there are scenes, I don't want to give away anything about the context of those scenes, but they're just insanely good in the interplay between you two and him. What was it like having Tony in that mode on oh screen, God, especially in regards to everything being raw, improvised? Do you know what he's going to throw at you? And oh, no, he's <laughs> scary. Yeah, he's he, he's scary. When you let, when you unleash Tony Napo, you know what is going to happen. Like that was why he also was hired to bring this Glenn Santos character to life because he was such like at, at the spur of the moment he would do whatever he, he would lick Stewart's face he would you know make obscene comments he would he was just like he was a loaded gun ready to shoot at any, at any moment it was nuts and it's like he he understood this the, the you know let's go back to wrestling for a second like Dwayne Johnson is the rock but when he gets out there outside of the curtain he is the rock Mm. or Stone Cold, Stone Cold, whatever, whatever. Tony Napo becomes David Stoner when he hits that curtain. And so much so that, like, it fooled us. Like, you know what I mean? He's a pretty, in Canada especially, he's a pretty well-known actor here in, in Canada, a very familiar face. The fact that we were able to have Tony become this killer and nobody in the industry recognized that it was Tony, like, that's how good he was. Like, we were showing him to our distributor who had to know Tony Napo, and they didn't spot him. We mm. presented him at the TIFF, uh, handed out, uh, uh, what do you call it, like flyers, like, have you seen this man at TIFF? To industry people, nobody nobody recognized him. He was so great. Same with Josh Credis. These guys were so good. And, you know, we got so blessed that we were able to get these guys on board. And every single guy who was in on it, so to speak, with us, all brought some sort of unique, intangible to their character for example tony napo he like when we met him to inter to you know talk to him about doing this film i was like well adam i don't know like people are going to recognize this guy and then tony's like well hold on he pulls out his teeth he's only got he's wearing all these he doesn't have all his teeth in real life he has like two teeth and i'm like well will you be willing to do that he's like sure i'm like mm. that, that's our guy josh crudis He's been in a lot of stuff, but he wears his hair like forward all the time, you know, like almost like a Trump kind of hairstyle he wears. In yeah, real like swooping kind of hair. Yeah. yeah, he wears this like swooping hair and we were like, oh, this guy's great. But then I was I said to him, what happens if you pull your hair back? And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, can you put it in a ponytail? He's like, I can try. He puts his hair in a ponytail and Adam and I are like kicking each other under the table, just dying because it was so fun. And I said, would you be willing to do that? And he's like, sure unbelievable you know it's like changes him everybody believes that the pizza guy is real mm. even when they're watching the whole movie like i've had very good friends and people who i thought were intelligent that would come up to me after the movie and they're like oh it's so great but the pizza guy he was real right and i'm like what <laughs> how could but we how could what and they still they just want to believe it so badly um, but yeah, they were, they were both so great. And, uh, Richard Lynn, the detective is so fantastic. And, uh, you know, it was really tough to do scenes with those guys. Cause 
the difference between doing scenes with them and quote unquote real people was, you know, you know, you're kind of acting when you're with those guys, mm. but we burned so many takes because I kept laughing. Like these guys were so funny that it just was so hard to keep a straight face with them. I don't know, Adam, you, you did a better job keeping a straight face than me, but I was, I was a disaster with those guys. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Adam, it's really interesting when I was watching this movie and the whole film to me, kind of like the whole thing that kind of sticks with me is that the theme of consequences in the movie, you two both played kind of like not only filmmakers, but amateurs, amateur investigators in a sort of way. And it's all about, and throughout the movie, the private investigator that Richard plays, he's, he's constantly, constantly saying, lay low, you don't know what you're doing, you know, you're just yeah. going to get yourself into trouble. And sure enough, this is what happens. And it kind of reminds me, speaking of true crime series, I don't know if you two ever seen the series The Vanishing in a Cecil Hotel. Um, yeah, yeah, on of Netflix. course. And the whole yeah. point of that kind of series as well was you had kind of like armchair investigators on YouTube making, yeah. you know, making kind of like predictions and, and, and their own investigations. And it resulted in a lot of real people actually getting hurt in real life. Um, was that kind of something that you really wanted to tap into that when it comes to this kind of thing, there's too many people out there um, armchair investigators, so to speak, on YouTube and elsewhere that are kind of delving into matters that they shouldn't delve into and there are real life consequences of those actions? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's, um, well, first off, we, we we wanted to, you know, this was like a love letter to the true crime genre, right? So like we wanted the audience, you know, all these fans of true crime, as you said, like there are so many armchair investigators. This was their chance to live vicariously through myself and Stu to see how two ordinary guys who are just fans of this genre would solve a murder if they had the opportunity. Um, and along with that, you get, you know, you're very naive and you have no idea about the first thing about how to investigate and, you know, how do you contact the police and, and, and ask for a ride along and get their assistance and, there was a lot of stuff that like we did, which we pushed the envelope really far. And if we in real life, you know, kind of went a bit further, we probably could have gotten a lot more trouble. Um, and there could have been some serious, you know, real consequences. Um, but you know, the, for, for the characters, I mean, that's the whole point, right? Like you, we put so many obstacles in front of these two guys that some are ridiculous, um, and some are just what would really happen. And it was just our imagination of what, what would, what would it be like to like to be that amateur investigator and just become, you know, try to sell it for yourself. And, and also, you know, with the filmmaking aspect, it's like more about the producers who are really trying to, you know, just create content and create good TV. So mm. you have both those angles working for you. Um, but there was, you know, that's, that's, that was the most exciting part is that like you could go and talk to a private investigator. He could find you out. You could go talk to the cops. They could say that, you know, you're reporting a false, uh, you know, a, a murder or whatever. Like there was so much, there were things that we could have gotten in trouble for. Luckily we didn't. Uh, so the consequences were all just fiction. Yeah, like when it's it, like he said, and it's like we put ourselves in situations where we could have gotten found out like the ride along with the police is a great example of, something you probably shouldn't do. Um, you know, also the movie, like the original cut of the movie was 
25 minutes longer than what you saw. And there's, you know, I think in the end credits, um, we sort of piecemeal together sort of like a glimpse of some of the footage that didn't make the film, but those are all real things we did also. Like we threw a party for all of our family and friends when we got the green light from Breakthrough Entertainment and filmed the whole party and everybody, <laughs> we fought like champagne bottles for everybody. Like we went nuts. And, uh, you know, we rent Adam set up a, what do you call that car, Adam, with the jib coming out of the roof? Like a camera car. Oh, uh, we, the camera car, we did all of these crazy things to show on screen, like the spend, because there is, is very meta, the film. It's about us finding a killer, but it's also about independent filmmaking. Yes. You know, it's sort of a love letter to the grind that Adam and I and other people in our space who want to tell big stories and don't have big wallets to do it. Um, you know, Adam, to his credit, is in real life a very creative producer in the sense that, like, he can make shit happen magically. And, you know, to be able to show that side of it also was very, very cool for us. So for everyone out there listening, August 6th on Video on Demand and Digital, Faking a Murderer, I highly recommend everyone check out this film. It's, it's such a great hybrid of different styles, different genres, blends in and out between reality and fantasy. Um, I'm looking forward to watching it again because from what I've read, there's like a little kind of like breadcrumbs throughout the film. There's kind of little things you have to pick up on. So I'm looking forward to watching it again and try to pick up on that stuff. Um, oh, it's, it, it, it's, it's just a really a great film. And I just want to congratulate yourself, Adam, and yourself, Stu, over what what you guys have done. And, um, yeah, best of luck with your premiere. I believe you're doing a premiere tonight in California. And um, everyone out there, please check out Faking a Murderer. There's actually a great Facebook page as well. Um, faking the murder page at 57 fam that's f-a-m um, and if you go there you're going to find like um, up-to-date details in regards to releases and, and etc um, and that's been a, a page that i've gone to uh, quite a bit to get some details on the movie so thank you so much Matt. like honestly this has been a real pleasure and like i said you're the first person we spoke to that like got that wrestling angle so you're over with me man Oh, well, speaking of uh, good wrestling angles, it's been a great shoot today. So absolutely. Yeah, it's a good shoot. <laughs> exactly. Well, listen, the, uh, the movie is also going to be coming out in theaters in the, in Australia this fall. Awesome. Um, so we'll definitely be able to give you more details as that, as that comes. And you know what? For everyone out there, too, listening, like as you just said, this is a multi-watch movie. You're going to watch it first for like, what do these guys make? Then you're going to come back and question what's real and what's fake. You're going to want to go back and watch it again, try to point it out. And the third time you watch, it's a whole different film for yourself. So it's like a definitely there's there's a great conversation. There's a great drinking game to try to figure out who's real and who's fake. And, you know, you'll have a lot of fun with this. And, and we hope you really enjoy it. And we'd love to hear your feedback, too. So, yeah. you know, feel free to reach out to us on uh, on social at Adam Rodness and at Stu Stone. And also, you know, this is an indie film and uh, guys like Matt leading the charge. This is great. Like, this is how, you know, indie independent filmmakers and storytellers get a chance to share the stage with the big boys is to have people sort of spread the word and the word of mouth stuff that goes a long way. There's nothing better than an organic buzz. <laughs> so that's what we're going for here. And Matt, you've been you've been the, you've been a pleasure. Anytime you want to talk, you let us know. Absolutely. And I look forward to your future projects and congratulations for the film. All right. Take care, man. Take care. Thank you.